obedience, 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 obedience is a cornerstone of our faith in God. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, it assures about what we do not see. Being obedient requires faith in God. Without faith, it is impossible to walk with God. Obedience. Obedience. Obey God. Hey y'all, it's Ashley. And Shantavia. And Demetria. <laughs> hey. And, and this, this is Obedience, Obedience Podcast. Podcast. And welcome to our part three of our friendship series. In part two, we discussed Steve for friends. We discussed ending friendships and how to make new friendships after ending relationships. So in this part, we'll discuss friendversaries. So in the previous episode, we learned about how jealous Saul was of David and how this caused a huge issue with David and Saul's relationship. Um, If you guys go ahead and read the rest of chapter 18, Samuel talks about Saul trying to kill David multiple times. So it got that bad between their relationship. And this episode, we're going to go ahead and skip over to chapter 19. Well, no, we're going to skip over to chapter 20. I'm sorry. But we want to catch you guys up on what happened in chapter 19. And so in 19, Saul is trying to kill David again. So Saul told Jonathan and all of his all of his attendants that he wanted to kill David and Jonathan being the great friend that he is promptly warned David of Saul's plans. When Saul said that he was going to kill David, Saul, um, no, Jonathan did speak up for his friend in that moment to his dad. So chapter 19 verses four through five, I'm going to read that. Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father and said to him, let not the King do wrong to his servant, David, He has not wronged you, and what he has done has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands when he killed the Philistine. The Lord won a great victory for all of Israel, Israel, and you saw it, and you were glad. Why then would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? So I want to point out again that this is Jonathan's daddy. He's talking up to his dad like this, standing up for his friend. Can you imagine like being that bold and bad to your daddy? <laughs> uh uh-uh, uh, my daddy don't play. I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. <laughs> but Jonathan didn't care. Like he was committed to his friendship to David, and he knew that David was an innocent man. So in this situation, Saul actually did agree with his son and said that he wouldn't kill David. Um, But, you know, so a couple days passed and um, David was playing his lyre. I don't know if I'm saying that right, lyre. His little musical instrument, he was playing it and Saul tried to kill him again. David escaped um, that and he actually went back to his wife. If you guys read chapter 19, you'll see that his wife is actually uh, Saul's daughter which is Jonathan's sister. Um, And his wife actually protected him as well from Saul's people who were looking for David to bring back to Saul so Saul could kill him. Like 
Saul had completely forgot the promise that he made to his son and also forgot how good David had been to him, all because of jealousy. So once David escaped with the help of his wife, he did meet up with Jonathan the next day to talk about the events of what happened the day before. And so that's what chapter 20 actually picks up. So Ashley, I'll let you pick up there and read First um, Samuel chapter 20, 1 through 4. So, 1 Samuel chapter 20, it reads, David now fled to Naatha in Ramah and found Jonathan. What have I done? He exclaimed. What is my crime? How have I offended your father? That he is determined to kill me. That is not true, Jonathan protested. You're not going to die. He always tells me everything he's going to do, even the little things. I know my father wouldn't hide something like this from me. It just isn't so. Then David took an oath before Jonathan and said, Your father knows perfectly well about our friendship. So he said to himself, I won't tell Jonathan. Why should I hurt him? But I swear to you, that I am only a step away from death. I swear it by the, by the Lord and by my own soul. Tell me what I can do to help you, Jonathan exclaimed. Run and tell that. <laughs> so what I wanted to point out is the first verse where David went directly to Jonathan and was like, what is my crime? What did I do against your father? And I feel like David showed us the best example of how you handle conflict in a friendship. He went directly to David, stated his issues, and didn't hide it or accuse him. He just was like, you know, why is your father doing this to me? He went directly to him with this conflict. So my question is, how do you ladies handle conflict when it comes to friendship? Well, I communicate my issues. If I have an issue with you, I am going to tell you. It took me a while to get there, but I did see holding in stuff and not directly um, handling things can turn to explosive situations. So I do go to people with it, with the issue so we can talk it out or see what it is that either I did wrong or what they did wrong. So we can just try to figure out what it is because if you go to someone else about the issue, things may get misconstrued or said a little differently and the whole message is like completely different from what you meant. So I find it very helpful to just go straight to that person and just make sure that your tone and the way that you say it is correct as well because you can say something and not mean any harm in such a harmful tone that it comes off wrong. So yeah, just go straight to that person with an issue so there won't be no confusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Just talk about it. And one thing that I have learned uh, not to discuss it or to in the heat of the argument or the anger and being emotional, it may not be the best time to talk about it just to like step back because even in the heat of the argument, you know, you may not say the right thing in that moment and you don't want to say anything because you can't take your words back. But just talk about it step back and just be completely honest and when you know 
have like a come to Jesus meeting and be completely honest with yourself. Um, you know, I, I may not have been right in that moment. And, and in those moments, you can truly apologize. You're just not like, I'm sorry. That's my apology. You know? So you can really step back and be like, okay, you know, I can see my faults. And, you know, we can communicate then after. So, yeah. I know, um, like I mentioned in the previous episode, I, I, I go directly to people in situations because I just learned from my past, um, from holding things in, it's completely unfair to someone, like we mentioned in the last episode, to bring everything that they've done to you at one time. Mm-hmm. You can have a boatload of issues that you're trying to bring to this person. It's like, that person probably doesn't remember half of the stuff that you're still upset about. And you may be upset with them about something that they're not even aware of. So I think it's completely unfair to be upset with somebody and not explain the issue of as to why you're upset. So like you mentioned, Demetria, communication is extremely important when it comes to a friendship and um, resolving and comfort conflict that you have in that friendship and we see that here with David going directly to Jonathan in the heat of the moment but like you said Ashley sometimes you do need to cool off oh, yeah. <laughs> <And> calm down <laughs> we actually um post this question on our Facebook page like we've been saying you want to follow us on Facebook so you can be featured on the episode right right Jessica Striveson, hope I'm saying your last name right. She says, recently my best friend and I had a falling out. A person who I talked to every day, multiple times a day, was all of a sudden no longer a part of my life. We became wives together, mothers together, and grew spiritually. I can't even say that we had an argument. I think we both just suddenly agreed to fall back. Six months went by and we hadn't talked. Our kids missed each other. Our husbands missed each other. It was a very sad situation. We both missed each other terribly. I would find myself going through things and dialing her number without even a thought, only to realize that we weren't even speaking. Time passed and we talked. We realized that we were both at pivotal points in our lives and lashing out at the one who was the closest to us. We vowed never to let anything come between us again. Effectively communicate and give things time to calm down. Those are the keys. That is a great story. And it has what we all have said, communication and also time to calm down. Thank you so much for that comment, Jessica. And it gives us a great lesson as to what can happen if you don't communicate like you need to within your friendship. And other people can be affected too. Yeah, the kids and the husbands. Not the babies. <laughs> All right, so we can go ahead and continue reading in First Samuel chapter 20. And Ashley's going to read verses 5 through 7. And then we are going to skip over into 18 to 34. Okay, so 5 through 7 reads... David replied, tomorrow we celebrate the new moon festival. I've always eaten with the king on the occasion, but tomorrow 
I'll hide in the field and stay there until the evening of the third day. If your father asks where I am, tell him I ask permission to go home to Bethlehem for an for annual family sacrifice. If he, if he says, fine, you will know all is well. But if he is, but if he is angry and loses his temper, you will know he is determined to kill me. 18-34, then Jonathan said, tomorrow we celebrate the new moon festival. You will be missed when your place at the table is empty. The day after tomorrow, towards evening, go to the place where you hid before and wait there by the stone pile. I will come out and shoot three arrows to the side of the stone pile as though I was shooting at a target. Then I will send a boy to bring the arrows back. If you hear me tell him they're on the side, then you will know as surely as the Lord lives that all is well and there is no trouble. But if I tell him go further, the arrows are still ahead of you, then it will mean that you must leave immediately for the Lord is sending you away. And may the Lord make us keep our promises to each other, for he has witnessed them. So David hid himself in the field. And when the new moon festival began, the king sat down to eat. He sat at his usual place against the wall, with Jonathan sitting opposite and Abner beside him. But David's place was empty. Saul didn't say anything about that day. For he said to himself, something must have made David ceremonially unclean. But when David's place was empty again the next day, Saul asked Jonathan, why hasn't the son of Jesse been here for the meal either yesterday or today? Jonathan replied, David earnestly asked me, if he could go to Bethlehem. He said, please let me go, for we have a family sacrifice. My brother demanded that I be there. So please let, let me get away to see my brothers. That's why he isn't here at the king's table. Saul bore with rage at Jonathan. You stupid son of a whore. He swore at him. Do you think I don't know you want him to be a king of your place, shaming yourself and your mother. As long as the son of Jesse is alive, you will never be king. Now, go and get him so I can kill him. But why should he be put to death, Jonathan asked his father. What has he done? Then Saul hurled his spear at Jonathan, intending to kill him. So at last, Jonathan realized realized that his father was really determined, determined to kill David. Jonathan left the table in fierce anger and refused to eat on the second day of the festival. For he was crushed by his father's shameful behavior towards David. Mm -mm. <laughs> For you to be in that much anger 
and rage and, and jealousy at the end. That's the root of it was jealousy. So all of these things are adding. Like it started off with jealousy and then you were comparing yourself to him. So all of these things are adding. And before you knew it, you didn't even know who you are because you're going after your own son. Check that out because we talked about that in part two. Yes. And the thing that I pointed out so vividly to me in this chapter between Jonathan and David's friendship is how much David actually trusted Jonathan. Like Mm -hmm. David knew that that was his father, but David sent him on a mission to see what his father really planned. And David knew that Jonathan was going to come back and tell him the truth or not. Right. And so it's so important to have trust like Jonathan and David in a friendship and have a friend that you can trust as deeply as they trusted one another. So, you you have said it, both of you guys have said it, that you have issues with trust and friendship. Do you have any tips for our viewers on how to overcome that trust that you have when it comes to friendships? I had to learn that, uh, well, someone said to me that trust is given and mistrust is earned. Yes. So I had to start doing that. Like I'm, I'm now I've got to the point where I will trust you until you prove me otherwise. Mm-hmm. So you have to. I say you can start out trusting people, but just don't give too much trust away. Just don't be like, oh, here's my all of my information right here, and then thinking, <laughs> you know, just give them everything. Just don't do that. Just you know, start off small and do baby steps, and then those baby steps will lead to long strides. Just you know cruise into it so you won't have to be hurt if you you, know, you can catch it you know you can catch it faster than if you would if you would give them all of you i would have to say the same inch by inch baby if you need to start at a centimeter a millimeter <laughs> do what works for you but it, yeah i think you have to think also think about this life that we live i mean we started we said in episode, I mean, part one that what would life be like without a friend? You're going to need a friend either way. And it begins with trusting people. You have to be open to trusting people and get to know people. And, you know, I think you have to think about it on that side and just start with the, the inch by inch, millimeter by millimeter, whatever it is for you. But, yeah. Think of what you – what relationships you can be missing out on if you don't begin to learn how to trust people. Mm-hmm. You can't go through life not trusting people all the time. Mm-hmm. So um another question that I have is what stops you guys from trusting friends? Like what is something that can completely ruin the trust that you have with your friends? Um the hurt that comes with it. I think you go into a friendship or people as a whole, I guess like giving them the benefit of the doubt, like, oh, you won't hurt me, you know, you're people, yay. I'll say for me, I want to exceed the good in everybody. And, you know, you don't expect to be hurt. So I think, yeah, that what that holds me back. Mine would have to be actions mm-hmm. because 
like I said, people can say things all the time. It actually means something, but I, I look at actions a lot of the times because you can say something, but your body language sounds different. You can do something small, but it makes me question your intention as a friend. So if I'm say stealing, let's say if I had a bag of candy sitting on my counter and you just went and got it and you didn't ask for it, you just took it. It's small, true, but it's more of the fact that what you did, not, I can't really. It's the principle. It's the principle. That's the word. <laughs> it's not what you did. It's the principle of what you did. So it makes me question, uh, like, your intentions as a, as a friend. Like, are you here for me? Or are you here for your own, you know, selfish reasons? Like, why are we friends? You know, you know, got to figure it out sometimes. But and one other thing is dishonesty. Yes. Like, I feel like you can give me a white lie. You can give me a black lie. <laughs> you just don't know where you're going like where were you going with this white lie what was it going to turn into you know I like honesty yeah, yeah. I know your honesty um, I know for me like what can really stop me from trusting you in the friendship is if I f- find out that you're hiding something um, it really affects me friendship wise you know like I told you guys like I forgive so easily but it's just something about knowing that somebody purposely hid something from me, um, it just really affects my trust. And it, 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 I don't know why it does so much. I guess it's because it's the fact that you felt a need to hide that from me. And you, I don't know why, like, what did I do to make you want to hide that from me? Um, or why did you hide that from me? You know? So that really messes thing, things up for me. Um, and actually, to talk about a situation where that actually happened with me, I want to bring up those dead places that Holly talked about, that we talked about um, previously. If you haven't checked that out, please um, click the link right up there to check that out and then come back to this video. The fourth C in her dead places was compose. So pretending that everything is okay. So with me, um, what happened recently with my best friend um, he actually hid something from me and it affected me. And I was trying to do, you know, what we talked about Demetria earlier. I was trying to just like forget about it, but I would consistently think about it. And that friendship didn't mean so much to me that I didn't want to make that such a huge deal. So I, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't get, a, get over the fact that something was hid from me, but a lot of other people knew. Um, and so I just pretended that everything was okay with our friendship and it actually hurt our friendship in a lot of ways because I would see him call and just not answer. Cause I'm like, I don't want to talk right now. Or I would take days to respond to text messages because I felt like my trust was broken in that situation and me allowing that compose to happen really hurt our friendship even more. So we did have a come to Jesus meeting and we were able to repair our friendship, but just being in that composed place for so long could have really hurt our friendship if we weren't in the mature place to actually communicate effectively with one another. It also makes me think about people lying too. You say composed, you pretend everything's okay. I said that's a form of lying. 
Because if you're not okay, you should tell them that you're not okay. And that's another big reason why I would stop being friends with people is you lie to me. Even if it's a small lie, I feel like if you have no reason to lie, you shouldn't lie at all. If you don't like something I'm wearing, please tell me. <laughs> like if you don't like something, just tell me because I feel like if you just tell me, yeah, now you got me out here looking crazy. Then somebody else tell me, oh, what you got on looks a mess. Now you don't lie to me. Like, oh, so now you lie about the small thing. That means you probably can lie about big things. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. That's just my logic for a lot of stuff. But yeah, I don't like lying. And it, it, to me, lying leads to loyalty as well because if you're lying to me and somebody else is talking about me, you're probably just going to either talk about me too or you're not going to take up for me or edify me or, you know, I just, or tell them to stop talking about me, first of all. But, you know, I just feel like lying and compost kind of goes together because you're lying and saying that you're okay when it's not okay at all. That's very true. Yeah. I'm bad about that too. Because I, I, I consider myself one of them strong friends that really don't say nothing if something wrong. But in true, truly it is. I, instead, if you're one of those strong friends too, I encourage you and encourage myself to just say, if we can talk about this later. You know, can we? Yeah. I don't want to talk about it right now. You know, so. I learned that. I too. get that. I had learned that. Like, if you don't want to talk about something at that moment, I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not, either I say I'm not the mental capacity to talk about it right now, or right. give me a second and let me come to you with it. And if we can talk it out or whatever it is. I do know that if I don't, if I come to you right then, I will kind of blow up. So just let me have my little second and not come back. Yeah. But I am I'm the strong friend, so I get it. <laughs> Um, and to actually like pick up on something that you said, Demetria, um, I actually had a situation like that happen with one of my friends where, you know, you're going through that rebuilding of trust times. Um, and it was kind of like, I told her, I was like, look, um, I know that at this point I can't make you trust me. I have to just prove to my, prove to you that you can trust me again and so that's what I'm committed to do now is just to re- re- rebuild the trust and not just automatically think that you trust me. Um, and so in, in that type of friendship, I know that, hey, you may not tell me everything or you may not call me just because this level of trust that you expected from me has been broken. And so I just have to be committed to show you that I am different than what you perceive to be originally. So just remember that if you and your friend go through something that has affected the trust that you guys have, just remember to continuously prove to that friend that you can be trusted and what happened before isn't going to happen again. And if they have a little PTSD, don't hold that back. Well, don't hold that against them because they are allowed to have reservations about you and the situation that you guys went through. Everybody heals different. So let's continue on in um, chapter 20. I'm going to read 35 through 42 to talk about when Jonathan went back to David to tell him what was going on. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for his meeting with David. He had a small boy with him and he said to the boy, run and find the arrows I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called out after him. 
isn't the arrow beyond you? Then he shouted, hurry, go quickly, don't stop. The boy picked up the arrow and returned to his master. The boy knew nothing about all this. Only Jonathan and David knew. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said, go carry them back to town. After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together. But David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, go in peace for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord saying, the Lord is witness before you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever. Then David left and Jonathan went back to town. So at that point, Jonathan and David had to part from one another and they were never able to have the same friendship that they had before because they were now apart from one another. So I wanted us to talk about how we maintain friendships as you grow older and you make life changes. So you may have a friend move to another state or you guys graduate from college. So now you're in different areas in your lives. So how do you guys maintain friendships with people who are in different areas of their lives or they have made life changes and they're no longer at the area that you are in? I would say do whatever it is to stay connected for you you guys' friendship or relationship, whether it's a call or text, FaceTime or whatever. You know, like we said in one of the, the parts, it may not be talking every day on the phone, but whatever it is necessary that you guys do, like whatever you guys have in common, try to make time for each other. And we also said be intentional about maintain a friend maintaining a friendship or a relationship because it needs maintenance like your car in your mind you know um yeah whatever it is for you you guys's relationship to to remain connected to i have to say the same communication and and connections and being intentional because if you um if you maintain contact with that person you want to maintain a connection or you will agree to just kind of let it go but if you maintain a company or connection with someone, you keep communicating with them. Like she said, you know, find that common ground that you both like nature or something. Just go go out on a hike together or both of you have a weekend off. Go to each other's house to just, you know, watch TV or something. You, you'll find ways to make it work if you actually communicate with that person instead of just trying to make it or just go with the flow instead of just, you know being intentional about it. But yeah, people go through things differently. And, you know, we're of that age where now friends are getting married, friends are having babies. And, you know, so we're all going through different stages in life, but that doesn't mean I got to stop being your friend because you're now a wife and I'm not, or you're now a mother and I'm not. We just, I got to be there to support you and you still support me in whatever my endeavors are. That's very true. Because I know at one point, like when one of my friends got married, um, you know how there's this thing that some people say it's like you're married now you can't have single friends and I was afraid because I was like well I'm not getting married anytime soon so I hope this like doesn't affect our friendship and it was like you guys said just being intentional like one thing I know is 
make you make time for things that you want to do and so if you want to talk to your friend hey call them on your way to work it may take you 15 minutes to get to work but that's 15 minutes of communication that you guys weren't doing before when you weren't really trying to be intentional about communicating with that friend and um one thing's like about me is i try i i put my friends as high up there as like i put my family because i have so many family members that i consider like true friends and so um i know that outside of your family the friends are people that should be with you for a lifetime um and they're people that you can always count on like i always like to say you may get married but your husband may cheat on you and who are you going to go to when that happens you're going to go to a friend to comfort you and get you through that time and so i feel like the nurturing of a friendship should be just as important as a nurturing of a companionship or a family relationship because that friend is going to be there be there with you through so many parts of your life and so you have to grow and nurture that friendship because it's just as important to me i would say and one rule that i always have is if you think about that friend just randomly reach out to them You just never know what they're going through. It's the Holy Spirit telling you to check on them because you never know. So true. So I wanted to just read something that my Bible says about Jonathan and his loyalty to David. It says, loyalty is one of life's most costly qualities and it is the most selfless part of love. To be loyal, we cannot live only for ourselves. Loyal people not only stand by their commitments, but also willingly suffer for them. Jonathan is a shining example of loyalty. Sometimes he was forced to deal with conflict and loyalties to his father Saul and to his friend David. His solution to that problem teaches us both how to be loyal and what must guide loyalty. It was his relationship with God that gave Jonathan Jonathan the ability to deal effectively with the complicated situations in his life. His loyal, he was loyal to Saul because Saul was his father and the king. He was loyal to David because David was his friend. His loyalty to God guided him through the conflicted demands of human relationships. And so what I took from that is no matter the loyalty, Jonathan was loyal to God at first. And because he was loyal to God, he was able to make the correct loyalty decisions when it came to Jonathan, well, when it came to David and Saul. So we have to maintain, like we talked about before, our own personal relationship with God to guide us through when we should be loyal to friends and when we shouldn't be loyal to friends. Like, for instance, if you have a friend who has a drug problem, we shouldn't necessarily just hide that from people that's close to them. We maybe need to get them help. And God can guide us through that situation. Something like that. Just as an example. Yeah, loyalty is a big thing for me. Like, that's one of my key things, being a, a good friend. I I'm loyal. I feel like sometimes I'm too loyal, but, yeah, loyalty is a big thing for me. Yeah, loyalty can definitely determine if this is a sometime friend or a lifetime friend. Just based mm-hmm. off that person's loyalty. 
So in order for us to get to an anniversary with our friends, what we've learned from this episode is you must be loyal to them and you must know how to resolve the conflict and trust them and figure out how to make things work even when life changes come about. So that's all we have for this episode, unless you ladies want to add anything else. No. All right. So be sure to come back the same time next week where we're going to get into the last part of this series where we're going to talk about mutual friends. So you want to be be sure to tune in there because we'll wrap up everything that we've talked about through this series. So you know you want to see it. So we'll catch you guys back here same time next Friday. And as always, be obedient. <laughs>